You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Just like the guy's feet are too big for his bed, nothing seems to fit. Those raindrops are falling on my head and they keep falling. So I just dig me some talking to the sun. And I said I didn't like the way he got things done. He's sleeping on the job. And those raindrops are falling on my head. All right. Good morning, Montgomery County. It is Mornings with Lone Star. 902, September 26th. It's a Wednesday. Absolutely beautiful day not really kind of shocking but thank you for joining us we're going to be here till 11 o'clock today's special guest is jay stittleberg who's running for county judge so if you have any questions for him feel free to reach out to us on facebook uh we also have uh slash mwls is our show page all information can be found there yeah, we're on Facebook Live, Connors FM 104.5, and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. And uh, today's show brought to you by Conroe Coffee. <laughs> and uh, Clean Sweep Office Clean, so I'll just spill it. Let's see if they clean it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, and we also have Jay Silver for County Judge. So that's exciting. Uh, thank you to the sponsors. And my co-host is here today. Hello! We have Sean K. Thompson, Skippy, with C3. I'm going to say it wrong. I know I am. C3, I, Creative Content Creations. Yeah. C3. But also, uh, I've got a new service, and so I call it C3 Memories now. So you can go to C3. Uh, you'll be able to go to C3Memories.com later today, and it'll take you to the webpage. Okay. Yeah. I thought it, I, I did that to make it easier on you. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know anymore, man. <laughs> I don't know anymore. But, uh, yeah, so it's going to be a good day today. Jay's going to be at 10 o'clock, so we really have whatever we want to talk about till then. So feel free to join us in the conversation on uh, Facebook because we are Facebook living, living. We're living live on Facebook Live. Let's talk about the uh, uh, weather and traffic real quick because I know the traffic going – as I was coming up from the Woodlands and the Conroe, it was – little gnarly, nothing too bad. You know, typical rain traffic. But heading southbound, there was a bad backlog. So I'm going to talk about the weather while you look up the uh, the traffic. Right now it's 77 oh, degrees. Okay, now you're putting that on me. That's right. Well, you're, you're you're the traffic guy. I'm the weather guy. We should, although we should change it one day just to mess with people. Yeah, I don't think they care. Yeah, <laughs> they'll care. We'll make them care. It is 77 degrees. Going to get up to 86. Only nine more degrees today. Uh, thunderstorms on and off throughout the whole day, all night, all through the week. Uh, again, the the bright side, pardon the pun, is tomorrow. The high is only going to be 79. Lows are going to get down to 60s tonight. So, yeah, Damn. maybe open up some windows, get the air, you, you know. Air, air out the place? Well, traffic is actually kind of bad on 45. Uh, looking at it right now, if you're heading southbound outside of the Conroe, you're going to run into some major trouble around the 1488 area. There's an accident reported right before 242, and it's backed up all the way to the south side of the loop, 336. Northbound I-45, uh, normal woodlands traffic, I would say, right there by Highway 99. 
uh, in spring, there's some slow, major, major slowdowns right before Rayford Road at Rayford Sawdust, and then everything else outside of that is clean. So I feel like the east side of the county has a better li- better uh, quality of life because every time we do reports, Highway 69 is – Interstate 69 is always clear. Like, there's no problems. Well, until the tractors start breaking down on it. That's true. See what I did? That is true. I profiled there. Well, no, everyone's been, if anyone's been around here and they drove on one, they driven on 105 eastbound, if that one truck or that one tractor on 105 just blocks the whole thing. So getting over the highway I 69, is it highway 69 or I 69? It's highway 59, interstate 69. Okay. Much like I 45 uh, is also uh, highway 75. That's so boring. All right, cool. Weather and traffic. There, we're done with that. So, I want to do our local announcements real quick. Sure. Uh, happening today. Actually, no, I'm sorry. It's happening Wednesday, October 3rd. Um, it is from 5 to 7. It is the Texas Music Friendly Town Hall Meeting with the Conroe CVB. I want to let people know that at the Owen Theater on October 3rd from 5 to 7 at the Owen Theater, everyone's welcome. They're going to be talking about making this city, uh, Conroe City, music friendly which i'm kind of when i saw that i was like what does that even mean i'm confused i'm thinking there's some towns uh i remember madison wisconsin i was there one time and there was just like music on every street corner not only in bars but also buskers you know the people with their instruments playing on the street corners austin is obviously very music friendly uh i think with conroe it's almost uh what's the word i'm looking for a formality because we're all very music friendly already. You know, we have, uh, you know, festivals, music festivals galore. We have first Thursday concert in the park uh, throughout a certain season. So the welcome mat's already been laid out. The doors have been thrown wide open. I think they're trying to make it official, possibly getting some funding. And of course, there are some legal issues as well. You got to make sure that uh, legally in Conroe, you can busk. You, you can, you know, get I guess. on the corner. Well, I mean, I think it's more of like this. So Clint or the Reverend Julian Shea does this extensive list of local artists. Mm -hmm. For some reason, we don't talk about this, but we should. It it is obscene how much live music is here. So that's what kind of made me laugh a little bit. I was like, wait a second. What do you mean Texas music friendly here? Well, now there's you know there's Conroe music friendly. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. I I think it's kind of a, a formality that we have. Red Brick Tavern, Corner Pub, Pacific Yard House, all these different places that they have live music almost every night. It's it's already welcome. We're already music friendly. I think they're just trying to make it official. And I believe there actually could be like grants involved with that. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's happening next week, I believe, on the third. Let me make sure that's next week. Yeah. It's actually a week from today. So from 5 to 7 at the Owen Theater, everyone's welcome. Brought to you by Conroe CVB to learn more information, especially if you're an artist. I guess this is a good way to meet people. Because from what I understand about the being uh, going to this town hall meeting is all the major players involving live music is going to be there. It would be, loca- be actual uh, booking agents, li- uh, local places that you can play, and artists, right? Yep. Okay. And we've also Maybe got- we can finally uh, shell out your CD, your uh, your, your North I- Northern Ireland y- yodeling. I was, I was going to say that for a surprise, Dick, but thank you. So uh, speaking of the Owen, because uh, we have that, we also have a couple of shows happening 
uh, at the uh, one from the players. Well, first off, on October 6th, they got the Conroe Country Music Opry happening on October okay. 6th. So there you go. Charity Productions in association with 144 Entertainment and uh, co-sponsors John Wiesner Automotive and Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company. Uh, they're presenting... Uh, uh, let me get the actual... Oh, they uh, changed the picture on me. Hang on a second. Let's fix that. You're getting really bad at this. Yeah, well, no. There we go. The Conroe Country Music Opry live and in concert. And it includes people like Stephen Pride, Freddie Pate, Tony Booth, and Brian Collins. And then just a few days after that, they'll be starting. And then they were none, and then there were none, which is the Agatha Christie uh, mystery that used to be called Ten Little Yeah, Rick's in that. Yeah. It, and the Dennis, reluctant cowboy and listener Dennis is in it yeah. also. He okay. uh, he. I might check it out. He I, cut his hair and just like me. Yeah, why did you cut your hair? Uh, first off, I get my hair cut like twice a year, so it was time. But also, uh, I'm in a play, Twelve Angry Men, that set place in the 1960s, and in the 60s, men of stature didn't have long hair or beards. So all the actors. But your beard is not gone. Well, a bit by bit. By by the time I got, you know, I put the beard trimmer down to one to trim it down. I'll uh, I'll shave it you off. You have commitment issues. I do. I Figures. do. I mean, with the hair that I have left, I, I want to, you know, be able to play with it. But all the actors in the show, because it's literally twelve ma- male actors, thirteen actually. Most of us had longer hair and beards. So as we're sh- as we're cutting our hair and shaving our beards like i kept all the clippings i asked the uh, lady at tgf to sweep up all the clippings i put them in a big baggie one of those gallon ziploc bags are you a voodoo person oh no i'm gonna present it to the director we're all gonna present our hair to the director with it like jacques how dare you make uh, us cut our hair i thought right? it was like you, you burn your fingernails and hair because your enemies can't take them and do the voodoo there's that too i mean i live that that's the lifestyle i live but uh, <laughs> yeah that's pretty hardcore dick <laughs> but uh yeah so Dennis is listening right now, and he wanted us to discuss Captain Janeway's presentation on Voyager, and he claims that after a while she sounds like Big Bird. Uh, I also I always thought that Janeway sounded a bit like Catherine Hepburn. Yes, and I even made that horrible joke one time to Holly, and I was like, you should wait to the episode where she really starts acting like older Catherine Hepburn. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, and she's like, really? I'm like, no, but... <laughs> It's still there. Like, you can see it. It's like she's evolving into it. Now, listener Dennis, I will agree with you. Uh, first off, I'm a Janeway. Janeway's my favorite captain of all the Star Treks. Just, I, I thought she did it right. Uh, I do like how Kate Mulgrew was a replacement. What happened was they had another actress playing Janeway, and they did the first day of shooting. And this is an Oscar-winning uh, Genevieve Bujold. And... Um, she was horrible. They finally released on DVD, you know, like her scenes. Yeah. And you could tell she didn't know what the heck she was talking about. I mean, you have to have some sense of techno babble when you're in a Star Trek show. You know, reverse the polarity of neutron flow, divert energy from the shields to the phasers. You know, she couldn't say anything. She just walked around with her hands on her hips like like Christopher Reeve Superman. And so after the first day of shooting, I think everybody agreed, you know, this may not be for you. So they fired her. And Mulgrew was always, like, number two. And so they called her, like, hey, Kate, what are you doing for the next seven years? And, and she I showed would, up the next day to start shooting. And I would highly suggest to you, Dennis, not to binge watch any Star Trek. Mainly because they start merging together. <laughs> and yes. they, they start losing their spark. And I just want you to know that. Because I did binge watch. I basically watched Voyager, Deep Space Nine. And this is the first time I ever saw them. 
I watched all as a next generation all within like a year. And then after a while, like you can see the repeats and things like that. And some of the dialogue and some of the, the storylines or the, the stuff that's flat out contradicted yeah. from an earlier. So episode. I would definitely just take it, take, enjoy the ride. Don't worry about it. If you feel like you're, uh, you're getting some friction with Janeway, you just back off Janeway. Yeah. <clears throat> now, one thing I loved about watching Voyager live was that it was seven years. So it was, you know, it took them seven years. Yeah. And well, so was, I think that was, was the only time. one that I really had a, a like an overall arc. Yeah, they tried it with Enterprise with the whole. Well, because the, the whole premise guys. of the Voyager is to get back home. Mm-hmm. Like we got it. That's the premise of the show, right? And like Deep Space Nine, the whole purpose of that show is to be a space station outside of a wormhole. Yeah, Enterprise is more of like, hey, let's go on an adventure. And then they I tried liked. desperately to. I, I wanted to like Enterprise so much, but the writing was just so terrible that, that they didn't know what to you're do. So such a mental. Are you doing? Anything? I am. I mean, we had this huge discussion yesterday about X Files not having a. Oh, here's an example. Because I hope, we're, I hope we're, you really left the the show yesterday and has some deep thoughts. I did. about How you were wrong. I did, and I think you guys are full of poopy. Because we were concentrating on musicals, but let's put it like this. Uh, let's talk about James Bond for a second. He's been changing out, right? You know, now he's Daniel Craig. He's been yeah, Roger yeah, yeah, yeah. Moore. He's been Sean Connery. Well, Batman has been changing out too. Okay, or so. Batman, Batman or, or James Bond. Uh, but I'll go with James Bond yeah. for for a particular reason. Now, if you know Doctor Who, you know, is many, there a musical Doctor Who? I'm sure there is. It's some well, not a musical episode, but the, uh, that could fall into it. In fact, they had a superhero episode uh, last year where okay. a guy actually is a superhero. That flies with the, works with the doctor, but anyhow, whenever it's time to change the actor or now actress playing the doctor, because the new one is a female, and it's much in the universe. It's been established. You can go. You don't have to be human. Look human. You can swap your gender when you regenerate, and basically that was a way that they could change the actors but keep the same character. Yeah. So there's this big. Your hands start glowing, and then orange lights start shooting out, and, and you change, and it's a big thing. Well, what if they decided to do that for James Bond? That he gets shot. And he's dying, so he regenerates from Timothy Dalton into Piers Brosnan. Well, they you could, can't accept that because well, it's not in that well, universe. Well, they could do they could do it naturally, and he has a baby, and the baby is the new James Bond. Well, they had a James Bond Junior. Actually, it was a cartoon so, for a while. You could do that. There you go. But I, I'm kind of vindicated because or you Mrs. Say, James Bond. You could say MI6 clones James Bond. There you go. But if he's cloned, he'd be the same guy. Yeah, but like you, they can change some of the features. Then he's not a clone. His DNA, that would be like the twist. Is the whole movie, you think it's a completely different person, and it's like his DNA structure adds up to the I, I like if people think, well, you know, James Bond's a code name. It can be anybody. No, 007 is the, is the code. But I do feel a little vindicated because Mrs. James Bond herself, Rachel Weiss, who's married, the actress from The Mummy. Okay. She's married to Daniel Craig okay. in real life, and he's, of course, James Oh, that's Bond. so wonderful. Thank you for sharing this. Well, she herself uh, echoes my thoughts, because after Idris Elba finally said, there's no way I'm going to be James Bond, she piped up and said, it shouldn't be a woman, because she's saying maybe in 10, 20 years you can, but the whole point is Bond was written a certain way well, you that, know that treats you, women a certain way. There has to be, if, if there's a movie person out there, there has to be an equivalent James Bond, but for a lady. They try it. They try it with Angelina Jolie. They try it with Laura Croft. Well, Laura Croft wasn't James Bond. It, that Laura Croft was more of the answer right, to Indiana at, Jones. Uh, she's in what Salt, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. You know, they they, they try it. With they, that's an actress, though. I'm talking like the plot is like almost ideal, same as James Bond, but it's with a woman. They they try and they they should. They they really should. There should be a female version 
of a James Bond character, not Jane Bond, but you, you know Jane Way. Jane Way. There you go. And I think it would work just fine and dandy. Yeah. I'm all for a strong female character in a spy series. You don't like, have to keep repeating that. We know that you support everybody. I love everybody. But you're like, it's like you're trying to make a point that people are challenging you that you don't support it. So you want to remind people that you do. Yeah. I think, I it'll, be, put I think it'll be okay. It'll be okay. Yeah. But thank you, Rachel Weiss, for agreeing with me. Well, I mean, I, I agree with the whole James Bond deal, especially with the. Uh, well, let me ask you this. I, uh, Chris of the Ticket Sub is one of the biggest James Bond fans I know. So I hope if he's listening, he can let me know this. Have they gone off of the books yet? Oh, yes. So there's no more, like, there. I mean, there might be an occasional book story, but, like, the new stuff that I saw, so I, I can kind of assume that it's not based off the source, so besides the names. As far as I remember, there was only one written story of James Bond that has not been turned into, no, 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 two. Uh, one was called James Bond in New York, and it's a short story with him in a hotel, and then there's another one called The Lady Something. Ah, it's like The Lady in Red, but that's not it. Uh, but it's from a female's perspective, the night she meets James Bond. But, of course, it's written by Ian Fleming, so, of course, it's a really screwed up woman's I like perspective. It. I like it. <laughs> but those are the, and that's why, for the longest time, everything was a name uh, from, from a James Bond book or short story. Casino Royale, Live and Let Die, View to a Kill. Yeah. Uh, they finally ran out of that with uh, Skyfall. Okay. That, no, that, that was the name of the story, but that was the name of Ian Fleming. Is that what they have to say? Like, how do they tell their audience? They just they don't want you to know that. They're like, hey, this is just this is James Bond. Deal with it. Yeah. After a while, because things have been going fifty years now. Well, okay. So to give you an idea, I've been watching for the the group rewind on the tickets. So we had to watch Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. The uh, Chris Pine. The Chris one. Pine one. Mm-hmm. And this is after I consumed Hunt for Red October. Clear and Present Danger, Patriot <laughs> Games, and the new Jack Ryan within like a month. So, and watching this is the chair. What about episode. some of all fears? No, I, I have not seen that movie yet. Okay. Um, I don't really care to. I don't like Ben Affleck that much. And it's not because, like, who Ben Affleck, it's just more every time I see him act, I can't get Goodwill Hunting out of my head. <laughs> and he was really like, it, it, that, that whole movie was very believable to me. But even though if it was like a joke of accents, like, it was still. That's who I think they are. Yeah, I don't know. It's not your fault. Like when I see Matt Damon, I think of him in like every movie. It's not and your fault. Remember that scene? Yeah, Rob Williams really does a good job. In that I'm not, man. I watch that scene. I start sobbing like a girl, <laughs> but every uh, time. But uh, so you're you're watching all the James yeah, Bond, it, uh, all the. Well, Jack it got Ryan's. me thinking about the whoever wrote this particular Jack Ryan. Got a recruit. Basically turned it up to eleven. Like every point of view of Jack Ryan, like you know what, like because probably my favorite scene, and this is like it, it almost like they don't know who Jack Ryan is, is J- Jack Ryan. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Is a person who is into details, who's he's an analyst. He's, he's an not analyst. a field agent. He's the one that looks at a lot of data, like satellite yes. images. And so stuff he's and- he's on the ball most of the time, and he's always thinking on the next step in the mm-hmm. back of his head. So he like puts things together. He's really good at that. Well, there's a scene in the movie where he gets recruited, and he meets somebody at the movie theater to pass on info, and it was uh, dial M for murder, right? Mm-hmm. The next scene, he's with his fiance or at girlfriend, and she finds a ticket stub in his pocket, dial M for murder. So she brings it up at dinner, and he's just like, 
no connection at all. He's like, she's like, would you like to go see a movie? And he's like, yeah, sure, that sounds fun. It's like, oh, well, how they're playing the classic Dallin from Murder. Would you like to go? Yeah, that sounds fine. And I'm like, there's no way Jack Ryan wouldn't be immediately just like, oh, yeah, I, you know, I did see that movie. I need to have a cover. You know, that kind of stuff. Right. He would also not keep the ticket. Who keeps the ticket, Stubbs? But, uh, yeah, I just laughed when I saw that. And we're going to talk more about that in the movie. But it got me thinking about, you know, when people take, like, James Bond, how many true James Bond movies are about Ian Fleming's James Bond? And then how many are like, hey, we like what he did with this other one. We're going to go with it. The reboot, uh, Casino Royale, was the closest to the book. I mean, even on a dialogue, the the torture scene where he's strapped to the chair, that's out of the book. It actually hurt my private parts. Uh, I, right? I read it. I read it decades before I saw You're it. You're really and, into that and, stuff, aren't you? Well, Is that what started your whole, like, the dark stuff you read now? No, actually, it was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which was also written by C&B Ian torture? Fleming. Is that what it's called? C&B torture? Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> that Just reading that as a kid, you're just, your imagination comes up with, it was worse than what I saw in the movie, but even then the movie messed me up. But no, Ian Fleming also wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Now, they turn it into a stupid musical. Well, it's a cute musical. But the book, it's more... You know, you got a magic car that talks, but it's kind of a spy thriller with it, too, with the kids learning codes and stuff like that. It was really interesting. You should read the book, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Read? Uh, Come on. Or I'll get I'll it wait, on audio. I'm waiting for the direct tap get so it. I don't have to worry about that <laughs> with, stuff. Just plug into the Matrix? So, yeah, pretty much. So you'd read and I'd learn Kung Fu. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much. I got to understand what Sean's talking about. Uh, you're <laughs> Sean doesn't even know what he's talking you're, about. You're listening to Morgan's Lone Star, folks. We had an extended intro. We're going to take our first break to say thanks to our sponsors. You're listening to Morning's Lone Star, Montgomery County's morning radio show. We'll be right back. My name is Jay Spittleberg. I'm an Iraq War veteran, Naval Academy graduate, certified project management professional, and I'm running for county judge in Montgomery County. We should have a budget and a strategic plan that reflect the priorities in our county. Public safety, flood mitigation, mobility and infrastructure. I will build trust in our county government through transparency and accountability, representing every resident in Montgomery County. I'm Jay Spittleberg, and I'm ready to work for you. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning has been Montgomery County's business cleaning service since 2002, offering professional office cleaning in areas such as restroom, stairwells, elevator, floor care, pretty much every angle of your office. One-time cleaning is available, but you will want these guys back. Offering daily, weekly, monthly scheduled cleanings, Clean Sweep Office Cleaning works around your business needs. Schedule a cleaning today online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or call 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe, at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Between the Crichton Theater and the Owen Theater, Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with tasty treats and Italy's favorite coffee. Have your favorite coffee or just have a midday snack be personally delivered to you at any location in downtown Conroe. All you have to do is call 936-CONROE-C or 936-266. 7632. We'd like to thank our sponsor at Conroe Coffee for supporting Mornings with Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to check them out online at ConroeCoffee.com. 
Raindrops keep falling on my head But that doesn't mean my eyes will soon be turning red Welcome back. Morning's on Lone Star, IRLoneStar.com. It's 9.26, folks. Thanks for tuning in. Today's show is brought to you by Connor Coffee. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning and all that good stuff. Let's not forget today's special guest, Jay Sittleberg for County Judge. He's also a sponsor of the show. Special thanks to him. If you got a question for Jay coming in, we're going to talk. He's running for County Judge. We always talk about stuff the County Judge does, all that good stuff. You should check out his uh, past, uh, I guess, hangouts. Because they're pretty, I, I enjoy them. I learn a lot. Mm-hmm. And especially about a position that no one really knows. And when they go vote, they're like, you know, they don't really put a lot of input in it. Right. Uh, it was uh, unusual uh, that it was Michelle Obama, I think, is incidental. It could have been, you know, Nancy Reagan if she were still alive saying it. But it would just bother me just the same. So it's not a, a left versus right thing. Uh, oh, okay, good. Well, I just well, because frequently I'm saying, "Oh, you're coming down on Trump's side." No, this is just when when I think there's something dumb said on by any party. Uh, but this one happened to be by Michelle Obama. Basically, she she said it doesn't take any special <clears throat> uh, training to vote. So, and I'm trying to find out remember the actual quote. But basically, it was you don't need to know anything about anything to vote. Just get out and vote. Doesn't matter. J- just vote. And. I got to disagree with that. When I've talked before, you know, your voting is important. Voting is insanely important, but you got to vote smart. You got to know what you're voting for. Well, I think for. a lot of there's a lot of folks, especially those who are in charge, are afraid of doing anything adventurous when it comes to educating voters. Like to me, I'm thinking I always try to apply like where things work and where things don't work, and especially in, into the, in the technology information age. Why why is it so hard? to do a voting deal where you get basic information about who's running. Well, you get your voter guides in the old days, but unfortunately that almost immediately became, well, you know, GOP would put out theirs, DNC would put well, out theirs. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's not, it's not state-sponsored. In a sense, like, there's so many different ways each county handles their voting, but I know for here, on November, there'll be two people per ballot most of the time. Mm-hmm. So how, why is it so hard to put all that information in one place? Because you got to get it from the candidates. Now, last year, and I, like you can't, but you can't say no. Like, you, I mean, I mean, like, oh, deadline for you. Well, and then you don't meet the deadline. Sorry for you. I, I worked on a magazine last year that part of it was getting every candidate, and, and this is just not for one party. Uh, so it, it, well, I meant for the major things. I know, not, well, not like oh, I'm putting my name in the in the in the ring. No, these were the actual candidates who were up for the primaries. Well, primary is oh. private, though. Do what? From what I understood, the primaries are run by a private organization, by by the GOP or by the DNC. No, no, I know, I, I know the county helps out with the infrastructure, but like it's no, internal. no, a primary, no, primary is just to determine who, because once you lose. But let's say you lose the primary to someone else. You can't run in the general. I know, but from what I understood, uh, we can ask Jay this. Yeah. Jay, if you're listening, we're going to be asking. I, from my understood, it was a boys, it was a private club putting on this voting thing. And then when the when the actual day comes for the November election, it was like understood, hey, I've won the primary in our club. I'm the one that gets to put my name on the ticket. Oh, no, that that's from the convention where the— uh, Because, like, from what I understood, if I lost to you, I can still put my name in, and I can still run as an independent. You can run as an independent but, or as a write-in. Or you could put yourself as a Republican, and you just get kicked out of the club. 
but you can still put yourself down as a Republican. And then they, the Republicans say, no, he's not a Republican. But then it's like, you can't tell me now. Yeah, well, I, I remember when Trump threw his name in the hand, people thought, wait, no, this dude's a Democrat. Well, what I'm saying, like, I, from what I understand, the technicality of it, you can do that. I'll have to look into that. Because that's one thing I always laughed about the primaries, because I was like, why Why don't they make that easier to vote? Because Oh, see, no, it's, it's under the same, the, the primary elections are under the same elect, uh, 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 election commission, federal, state, local, as the general. So do, do, so the, independent, not like, do the independents have a primary? No. Because I'm thinking, and every time I've want, gone in to vote for a primary, they say, what ticket, Republican or Democrat? Exactly. Like, I think that's why uh, that— But it's not like the DNC and the RNC host uh, 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 a full election. I think they do. Hold on. Wow. Okay, what we'll do is when we I, take I, a break— Honestly, we'll I, I really think they do. I think they're they're part of the process where they pay money or whatever to get this done. Because if they, if they were—I mean, if they really cared about making it easier for everyone, like— you know, just send an email to her and click here, have a login. You're a registered Republican. I mean, we do it with our bank stuff. I don't see why they just wouldn't do that. Oh, here we go. So then, then you put on a list. I'm looking up here. So uh, primary elections process by which the voters uh, can indicate their preference for a candidate in an upcoming general election or by-election. Primaries are used in various countries throughout the world. Uh... Okay, hold on. There's a little bit of history that... We need, like, a reading music. So it's, like, it gets very interesting and exciting. We <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Let's do the uh, People's Court theme music. Dun, dun, dun. Skippy Thompson, reading. But no, we can ask Jay that. I mean, he's a politician. He knows all the answers. <laughs> so, Jay, you're about to get thrown under the bus. So, so do a quick Google search on primary elections in the United States. I, that's the way I looked at it. Because I, I, I just didn't understand how it's like a gentleman's agreement that when you, if you win the DNC primary, it's understood that you can still put your – like you're the one that gets to put your name in. And you get our funding, you get our backing, and you get whatever. Yeah, because there are different um, kinds it, of primaries. i got to look into this. That's a really good um, point you made, though. Now, how how do we get on the on the primaries? I'm I'm trying to kind of backtrack a bit because we got to find out about who actually hosts the primary. I don't know. Okay, I, but I do know what I liked was I think it was somewhere in Washington State they do a thing where there there aren't primaries where everyone just puts their name in mm-hmm. and basically the primary. I think each state has its. Uh, well, what it is, it's like you vote. You, say there's ten people running, you vote who you like the most, and all the way down. It's like one, two, three, four, five. And then at the end of that, the the percentages create the next the actual November vote, which is oh two Democrats could be running against right. You can yeah that that is a blanket primary yeah. memory serves. Oh, that's, that's I like that. We should try that out just to see how it goes. Kind of kind of like how we elected Trump. We just want to see how, how it goes. There you go. We'll find out. I still say cage match should work. Yeah, that's kind of no. Someone's going to complain about you know. The physiology of a, a woman is different from a man, and you know that's going to be the ongoing battle with that one. I think it should be something equal, like rock, paper, scissor. Yeah, yeah, that would work. Would but be, is it be best of five? Can you, though? can you see ESPN covering that? 
I can see ESPN having enough channels to where they have ESPN 8 and it's Tiddlywinks yeah. Championship of the World. There's a lost art right there, your tiddly throw. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we wanted to talk about uh, Cosby. Yeah. He got sentenced 3 to 10, so basically the judge is going to come up with something. No, he's in. Yeah, well, he's in prison. Well, well someone's going to say how long he's going. No one just says 3 to 10. So he starts at 3. He starts at— And he's up for parole after 3. I, I think it's the other way around. I think you're, the assumption is 10 unless you're a good boy. Okay. But yeah, he. I mean, it went right in. I feel like that's the same thing, though. Sentencing hearing, there wasn't turn yourself in afterwards. He went from the courtroom into the pokey. And so Bill Cosby, now officially a sexually violent... When do you think Lifetime is going to make the Bill Cosby story? Oh, Lord. Well, it depends who sells the rights. I mean, he was gone from the spotlight for a good generation. Yeah, after the Cosby wise. show, he had another show after that. I can't even remember the name of it. It was a pale Well, I was reading reflection. That re- was it. reading some people's internet comments about how it all just it avalanched at one point for him. Mm-hmm. Because they were talking about how the some for some force of nature, people protected him for so long. And like one person said that he was a a black leader and so they didn't want to have, like, he built himself up as a black leader and his morals were pure and all, you know, like, presentation-wise. And so they said, like, oh, that protected him from certain groups. But then a lot of people say, like, the reason it avalanche was this comedian said something in one of his sets basically saying, did y'all not know this? How did y'all not know this? He's a rapist. And then someone took that clip, and at the time Bill Cosby was doing some uh, contest and someone made like a mixtape of that. Oh, no. And then that got like more people to see it. That's all it takes. And again, but like years I, later. I mean, can you can you tell me why it took so long? Do you know I'm not I'm talking about you, like your research, you're mm-hmm. listening to folks and all that kind of thing. Uh because it can't be denied, and this is where kind of a breakdown's happening with the Kavanaugh and stuff like that. For decades, women have been subjected to well, yeah, but stuff and I, but this is well if they before dared the to open the movement, right? Well, that's what I'm saying. For decades, it's been either it was just lay back and relax. I think that's what one lawmaker said. They just need to lay back and and accept it. Uh, or I want to know that guy's name. Yeah, no, it was, not, and I think it was a Republican too. So you know, shame on him. Now we're just making stuff up because you have no idea. <laughs> no, no, no. It, it truly, I think someone said that, and I think it was a Republican who said that. No, so someone but, said uh, that. And I, but I do believe it was Republican. Well, no, I meant more of like, because clearly the when the sentencing happened the other day, how long did how long did that whole process take? Not long, because the judge it was the judge that um, gave it. it. Up. Well, I meant more. It's just kind of weird to me that all of a sudden it just avalanched on him because it was something like twenty plus people that he and he unfortunately abused. a vast majority of them were outside of the well no I get that but I meant like all of a sudden yeah because all it takes is one person speaking up but now here's the thing it's that can go either way one person can speak up and mean it and and that's why people believe well, that's why that Woods, Weinstein well, that Tyre Woods thing got so blown out because there were so many and it was all uh, it was all suspicious people. But the wife didn't care. She she took didn't she like break something like we use one of his golf clubs. Yeah, wasn't that like an actual scene? Yeah. By the way, it was Clayton Williams who uh, uh, ran uh, ran for governor, Republican Texas. Rape is kind of like the weather. If it's inevitable, relax and enjoy it. I don't believe that. I, I, I swear it's true. That. 
I swear. It's I, true. I think it's, that's what one thing I love about people when they do. Like my favorite recent one was that that superintendent talking about Deshaun Watson. Oh, black you know, quarterback. Yeah, and he's like, my favorite thing is when it first happened. He goes, "Oh, that was supposed to be a private message," but he like posted on Facebook, be or whatever social media, be intended to send it privately. I'm like, does that make it okay? Well, do, in what sense? Well, I mean, you could say it taken out of context, but no, even if he meant it. I mean, to me, that's kind of a horrible thing to say. Oh, okay, so it's a horrible thing to say. So it's a dead baby joke. So it was laughing at a that's funeral. True. I mean, I give it. I give that to you. There's improper and ill-advised. But, both, but is it criminal? Well, I mean, he didn't say it was a joke. Wouldn't that be your first thing? Like, oh, it, the, your, it is, the, the context is understood here. It was. A, it was a, a thing with a peer to mine, and we've been having this ongoing joke about that silliness. But no, he just said, "Oh, I just wanted it to be a private message." Sorry. I, I don't even think someone should be forced to say that was supposed to defend it. If you have a thought. Yeah. Unless you act on it, you can ha- you can voice an opinion or have a thought or horrible, and it, it can run contrary to everything. Yeah, but think, it, but it, if it's not criminal, you think, can't get. I think if you have a thought, though, you have to be open to being judged for that thought. Sure, be judged, but don't be criminally prosecuted for so, it. So I don't think he's being criminally. I think he just got fired or he resigned. So really, he just did everything on himself. Well, if, if everyone so. who has an improper th- said something improper gets fired for it. We would have 100% unemployment rate right now. Yeah. Well, good thing I run the radio station. You're listening <laughs> to Lone Star Community Radio, broadcasting live from the LSCR studios downtown Conroe, Texas, folks. Facebook Live, all the good stuff. Talking about whatever till 10 o'clock, till Jay gets in, who's running for a county judge, folks. So stick around for that. We got a lot going on. It is 9.40 right now. We're taking our sponsor break. So say a special thanks to those folks. My name is Jay Spittleberg. I'm an Iraq War veteran, Naval Academy graduate, certified project management professional, and I'm running for county judge in Montgomery County. We should have a budget and a strategic plan that reflect the priorities in our county. Public safety, flood mitigation, mobility and infrastructure, I will build trust in our county government through transparency and accountability, representing every resident in Montgomery County. I'm Jay Spittleberg, and I'm ready to work for you. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning has been Montgomery County's business cleaning service since 2002, offering professional office cleaning in areas such as restroom, stairwells, elevator, floor care, pretty much every angle of your office. One-time cleaning is available, but you will want these guys back. Offering daily, weekly, monthly scheduled cleanings, Clean Sweep Office Cleaning works around your business needs. Schedule a cleaning today online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or call 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Between the Crichton Theater and the Owen Theater, Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with tasty treats and Italy's favorite coffee. Have your favorite coffee or just have a midday snack be personally delivered to you at any location in downtown Conroe. All you have to do is call 936-CONROE-C or 936 266 
7632. We'd like to thank our sponsor at Conroe Coffee for supporting Mornings with Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to check them out online at ConroeCoffee.com. Hello, welcome back. The Mornings with Lone Star Dickens can be 943 on the dot. So, here in the studio, so. it's... Uh, Kind of a funky combination of overcast and sunshiny out there, but uh, there will be rains coming. So bring your brawlies. I do encourage you. We got Jay Silverberg coming in at 10 yeah. o'clock. We're going to. A couple minutes. Uh, apparently, you know, Dick's going to throw him under the bus, asking him questions about uh, what now? What was the topic? About. Uh... Okay, we forgot where we were going to throw him under the bus. No, the primaries. Oh, oh, yeah. Who, who runs a primary? Yeah. There we go. Let me jot that down so we don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, I wanted to ask you this because we always kind of make comments about stupid decisions and everything. I was reading this deal uh, about uh, Dunkin' Donuts dropping donuts from their whole branding thing called Dunkin' with the apostrophe. So they'll just so be Dunkin'. 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 And uh, I like how that's where they <laughs> they probably sat at a table. Let's think of a name. Dunkin'. Dunkin'. <laughs> but uh, I, I read that and I go, oh, this is an IHOP thing. International House of Burgers. You know, right. we, we fell for it. You and I went to go do we it. We fell for it. We and absolutely then they did. changed it back. But this seemed a little bit more serious. So they want to be known as a company that sells beverages mm-hmm. that also include donuts. They don't want to be known as a person who sells donuts but, but also sells beverages. Okay. To me, this is a bad idea on like several fronts. Yeah. First off, it sounds like a a bad musical. Man, you in this musical? Well, I'm telling you, you know, take any anything normal, cut you know, what a title of something, cut it in half, add an exclamation point, and you've got a, a musical version of it. Like if you had Old Yeller, just make it Yeller with an exclamation point, and you got a musical version of Old Yeller. If you had Dunkin' Donuts, you cut out, you know, just make it Dunkin', add an exclamation point, you got yourself a donut musical. So that's number one. Number two, Duncan. That just Duncan. What? Because if they're keeping the apostrophe, the, the implication is that this is a, a, a verb. What are you doing? You're dunking what? So there's no noun to go yeah. with with the verb. Well, it's but also- number three, it's there's only who's the other major donut provider in the world? Shipley's. No, that's just here. Okay. Oh, oh, even if so, goes I would say Krispy Kreme probably okay. has a lot more. Krispy Kreme. That's what I'm saying. There are very few. There are a lot of beverage companies out there. What are they trying to do? Star? Are they trying to be the new Starbucks? Because mm. you got a lot of bre- uh, beverage companies, but not a lot of donut companies, especially national ones, to to compete with. So now you're throwing yourself to be one of many beverage smoothie or coffee or whatever. You can get those a dime a dozen already. So I think it, I think it's bad on that front because then it goes just beyond the name. I mean, IHOP for the, that couple of weeks they were IHOP. They had the same name, you, you know, the same branding, the same menus, the same kitchens. You change it from a donut place to a, a beverage place. Every, everything's got to change on the inside, huh? I don't know, huh? huh. Very interesting, Duncan. Yeah, I don't I don't really get that. We we be Duncan and just Duncan what? Especially with this the, offends me. Well, especially with the long-term branding and stuff, like 
you've been Dunkin' Donuts, and that's always been what it has been. Unless there was some change where I was born, it was considered something else. Now, but, sometimes a business changes. AT&T for a long time was American Telephone and Telegraph. A, a KFC, another great example. KFC didn't, they changed it from Kentucky Fried Chicken because they didn't want to be considered just fried chicken because, fr- you know, fried was bad. So th- that prompted it to KFC. Plus everyone, but everyone already called it KFC. Hey, I'm going to KFC for dinner. What do you want? So it was a natural evolution. No one says, hey, pick me up a cup of coffee from Duncan." Duncan what? So, they, they should have called us. We could have told them this was a bad idea and saved well, them a lot of weird money. To me. I guess I'm, I just don't like change, man. Get off my lawn. Don't change the name of Dunkin' Donuts. Welcome to my world, Dick. Speaking of change, West Virginia has now made it that you can legally vote on your smartphone. Well, good. Interesting. Time. Well, what about hacking? I mean, someone I, just you know taking your well, phone. The kids. I, I have a whole thing about. It's funny that everyone's talking about people meddling in elections. Like, there's so many points of way to meddle in elections. Mm-hmm. It's insane. But now all of a sudden it's a big issue because we don't like our current president. Like, mm. uh, I voting on your phone. It, I, my philosophy is the safety of illusion or illusion of safety. Okay. And privacy. So if I feel confident enough that. A bank can handle my money. But then again, this is the counter to that. So if a bank can handle my money and they can make an app where I can take a picture and to make my deposits from my phone, why can't we vote? And the counter to that in my mind is there's only – you could say this in a number perspective is there's so many people right now trying to hack into, say, whatever they want to hack into. If you make it available on an electronic device, that percentage is going to go way up because of how important it is to people want to hack into your voting stuff. Right. So that's the only fear I have. So to me, if we do do that, we better put a lot more money and resources in building a a very secure way of doing it, which is a no-brainer. But also we're faced with the reaction to it. There's going to be a lot more people who are a lot smarter than most people because, you know, the ongoing joke with technology is the hackers always getting hired. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's like that. So I mean, I oh yeah, the best hackers in the world work for the NSA. So now. the way the way I look at it is, if there is meddling in the election, at least we'll have proof because it's it's in the hacking. Like well, a, but what if the organization that's now in charge of the voting is the one that wants to affect the outcome? Well, I mean, I don't doubt there's conspiracy theories, and I mean, no, we already have electronic voting. You yeah. know, I go and I spend the thing. I'm a, I'm old school. I, I'm you know, checking the box and put you know folding the paper and slipping in the ballot box. I remember those days and where it would take a long time to get votes counted uh, because there was – you could demand a recount. There was no way it could be hacked unless someone, you know, ballot bo- – now, of course, ballot boxes would go missing or you'd have dead people voting. Um, it was just with phones. I don't think – I personally don't think we're ready to be voting, especially on a national election, with our phones yet. There are too many, too many stories of some – Mom leaves her phone down on her table for five minutes, and all of a sudden, they're the three-year-old kid well, the orders way, ten thousand bucks well, from Amazon Prime. Well, the way you do it, and like Apple's a good pioneer in this sense, is there's two ways Apple introduced a common. It's it's been common everywhere else, but they really got it down to where people are used to it. They got the thumbprint, like thumbprint entry, and then the face entry. Mm-hmm. So, like when I well, get, no, with face, what if it's a high resolution photo? Well, no, I get that, but I mean, like the you have to agree that technology is changing <clears> for the like. 
to be I, better. I at think that. in five years I'd be voting with my phone, no problem. So because that's something what I'm saying. Like that's what's gonna. You no, know, probably what they'll do is they'll do two two different forms. Because you can't just say, "Hey, you can only do it if you have the iPhone X S S one two thousand. Your phone, yeah, all like, your phones need to be yeah able need to. to be able to do it. So because people like everything equal. Uh, I, like I don't like what you could do. Like to solve the issue now, and this is this is going off current technology and stuff like that. What you could do is, if you have a smart device, you're still required to go on location somewhere, but it could be a certain, like a, a government location. So if you go to the post office, you go to the post office and vote, and and so you get on, like, and you, then your Wi-Fi, like you go there with your that. phone, you That's click a on great it, idea. and then you go. You know, how, like when you go to hotels. And when you go to the websites, it goes, oh, you're at the Marriott. If you want to use the internet, here's mm-hmm. some things. So that's what you do. You go there and you go to your internet browser and it's like, boom, there you go. Um, they could also combine it with like Pokemon Go to where, you know, you're you're trying to find your, your voting spot. So you you, grab, you got a Pikachu and... and but no, uh, that, that's the way I see you could solve it. That's a good idea, actually. Because I idea. guess the number one complaint, and this is one thing, especially here in Montgomery County, that I never fully understood, was early voting, you can vote anywhere. And then when it comes down to the voting day, it's like, no, you got to go to this one location. You'd think it would be the other way around, and, but I guess it's just resource. Because I, I, clearly we don't know, understand the whole process of like what it takes to put that all together because mm-hmm. we have a lot of questions. We have a lot of questions. But, yeah, that's the way I see how we could do it today. And then when, when technology gets to that point where – Everyone has a thumb scanning thing on it, and then you have the face, and then you have a passcode. Yeah. Well, that would uh, – now, the issue with taking your phone to a proper and, location and will, is that it kind of takes away from the whole – one of the reasons people want to vote with their phone is, well, gerrymandering or or that, you, you know, these people can't get – to the, the voting places and, and so well i wouldn't say exclusive to your phone it's just a way to do it agreed it's just a way to do it i think in about three to five years we'll be ready for it yeah but it, would, it would change someone the, had to be the first it'll, it'll change the landscape it's just when i think of technological advances west virginia doesn't typically pop to my head and i say that because my wife is from west virginia and i love making fun of her about that because i'm cruel yeah yeah but I mean, I, I would like it to happen. That's how I would do it starting now, because really the voter the voter turnout here in the area is really poor compared to like who's registered. Mm-hmm. And but again, vote smart. If you're gonna vote, please have some semblance of idea of who or what you're voting for and why. Yeah, it does take you. You know, uh, uh, unlike what someone said yesterday, uh, it does take something to vote. Not a prerequisite time. of education. Well, well, time, but just like to, to blindly throw darts at the board and and say, well, okay, this person is the best person for the job. That like a, a fast food company or something doesn't work with local register offices or local voting things. So it's like, oh, you took the time to vote. We reward you with a happy meal. I can see that being bastardized pretty quickly. Why? Well, you're bribing for votes. Ah, we've we got proof because McDonald's gives money to well, no, RNC like, or DNC, whatever. That no. they're telling you if you vote Republican or vote. Well, no, Democrat. they just it just says could just the, the campaign would be just vote. Isn't the sticker enough for you? The little I voted sticker that you were. Well, I mean, a lot on? of people try to say, oh, it's taking away hours that I could be working, or you know, how am I going to pay for it? I'm like, well, here you get a little 
Here's a little snack. There you go. Plus, we get some publicity. If there's a long uh, line at the polling station, just have like the old cigarette girls where they're walking up and down with, or like the concessionaires. Well, no, you, you, the... you could be Chick Fil A, and it's like, oh, you're already used to long lines. What about the peanut throwing guy at the ballpark? What about him? He, he just walks up and down the line, and you know, throws you peanuts if you're. Well, I've actually never one. been in a long line when I voted. I don't know what it is. The last long line I was in, and I was in the line for like two hours. Unfortunately, polls uh, don't close. It was a Reagan. 19, uh, uh, 1984. That's weird. Uh, that was my first presidential election I voted in. And I was in line in uh, uh, Richmond-Rosenberg area for two and a half hours so I could vote that day. But you're right. I think that's the last time I was actually okay, in I've never line. had an issue. Never had an issue. See how easy it is to vote people? So register. Only issue ever has, like, I got mad at me because I had my phone in my hand. Can't do it. Yeah. Can't do and it. And I was like, you want it? <laughs> Like what? I'm just going over here, dude. That's like that's like telling the cop to pull you over. Whoa! Is there not any real crime going on there, officer? Well, I mean, it was just more. I had like my wallet and my phone in my hand. Oh, okay. And then I was like, all right, here, so I sat down, whatever. There you go. Well, it is 9:56. How about we take a break? I think I see a tall county judge candidate. Uh, I don't want to say lurking, wandering outside the studio. So let's open the door, let him in, and get ready for Jay Stillberg. Jay Stillberg is going to be in the studio, folks. So feel free to look us up on Facebook, Mornings with Lone Star, Lone Star Community Radio. We're broadcasting live. Also, you can hear it, hear us on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 1045, 1061. We'll be right back. Raindrops are falling on my head and they keep falling. My name is Jay Stillberg. I'm an Iraq War veteran, Naval Academy graduate, certified project management professional, and I'm running for county judge in Montgomery County. We should have a budget and a strategic plan that reflect the priorities in our county. Public safety, flood mitigation, mobility and infrastructure. I will build trust in our county government through transparency and accountability, representing every resident in Montgomery County. I'm Jay Stittleberg, and I'm ready to work for you. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning has been Montgomery County's business cleaning service since 2002, offering professional office cleaning in areas such as restroom, stairwells, elevator, floor care, pretty much every angle of your office. One-time cleaning is available, but you will want these guys back. Offering daily, weekly, monthly scheduled cleanings, Clean Sweep Office Cleaning works around your business needs. Schedule a cleaning today online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or call 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Between the Crichton Theater and the Owen Theater, Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner along with tasty treats and Italy's favorite coffee. Have your favorite coffee or just have a midday snack be personally delivered to you at any location in downtown Conroe. All you have to do is call 936-CONROE-C or 936-266-7632. We'd like to thank our sponsor at Conroe Coffee for supporting Mornings with Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to check them out online at conroecoffee.com. Bert Backrack, ladies and gentlemen. Not in the studio, but you do have Dick and Skippy. Hey. And looking up, by golly, who's across me now but Jay Stittleberg. Morning. Morning. Welcome back, Jay. Thanks. For our new listeners, Jay is candidate for county judge, Montgomery County Judge. 
uh, one of the sponsors of our show and a guest who likes to come in and fill us in on the latest and greatest, and he can keep up with us with nerd stuff, too, so <laughs> that's a plus. Always happy to help. Well, cool. We know you're an expert in submarines. <laughs> well, I can talk about those. I do we like can that. talk about that this morning if you really want to. Well, I talked about last night. I watched The Hunt for October, and that was like the pivotal point of, uh, of course, Jack Ryan has a good friend who's a submarine builder and knows everything about that, and it has this grainy photo that was taken from a satellite what are these things on the submarine? Oh, Jack, let me tell you what this is. Wow, that could be the Caterpillar drive. Yeah. So, okay, right here, right <laughs> of course. now. Of course. Best submarine movie. Wow. I like that uh, German movie, that Das Boot. That, das sounded, Boot? that was really uh, intense. Especially the long version. Well, yeah. Like eight hours of movie. And you know that uh, Wolfgang Peterson, the, the director, made them, did not let them go outside. He shot it chronologically. And he actually kept them indoors for months, so they'd get pastier and pastier yeah. as it progressed. You I know thought, the day they wrapped. Oh, actually, let me ask you something. I got to ask. I, I thought U five seven one was that was good. A, a really good movie. Is that the one with Bon Jovi in it? Yes. Okay. That's not why I thought it was a good movie. <laughs> oh no, no, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I know that K nineteen, right. the Widowmaker, was bad. No, so Grey Lady Down was awesome. You served uh, in the Navy, right? Am I did. I, okay, good, because the submarines the Navy, right? Uh, good, good job, Dick. I'm, hey, I'm trying to keep up. You got one right today. So when you went and like you're in the room and it's like, "Welcome to the Navy. What do you want to do?" And you're like, "Oh, submarine. That sounds great." Do they ever say, "Hey, this is what happens when you got to get out of the submarine"? Do they ever tell <laughs> you like how to properly? It's kind of like when you know the, the escape hatch on an airplane when you're up in the air. It's right. like, really, what's this gonna do for me? I'm up in the air, you know, ten thousand feet. I'm gonna fall down. Like, they ever just say, hey, just let you know, you're kind of screwed. <laughs> they say that at all? Like, they, I, I imagine there was some protocol. It's uh, like, hey, if there's ever, like, you're under, underwater and there's a real issue, you're not going to make it. Oh, uh, yeah, no, they don't tell you that. But it's understood. <laughs> but it's understood, right? Like, did you – so, to so me, let me, it takes a lot of uh, cojones to sign up so for So let me, let me tell you how this worked for me because okay. I enlisted in the Navy first. I enlisted, okay. I enlisted in the Navy when I was 18. Okay. And I, I graduated from high school early. I graduated in January instead of May. And I worked at Taco Bell, of all places. Okay. And in December of that, my graduation year, which is 1991, okay. um, my, I came home and my grandmother said the Navy recruiter called you because I filled out one of those cards in high school. Well, I guess it took a year and a half for them to get around to calling me. Uh, but they did. So I went down to the recruiting office and uh, you know, I went in there and I said, uh, quite honestly, I said, I want to do something with aviation because I love airplanes. And, uh, they said, well, you got to take this test, which was a 50 question test. You had 30 minutes and it was literally a, a test of, you know, all multiple choice, two plus two equals ABCD. Um, which one of these is a circle? Literally, that's what this test was. <laughs> I kind of, yeah. so anyway, ask, you got to ask the question. So I, so I took the test and, and after I got done with the test, the recruiter goes, Oh my God, you're a genius. And right there I knew I should have, I, I, I should have known I was in trouble. Um, but the truth is, uh, what they did is they convinced me to go into the Naval nuclear power program. And uh, unfortunately I will say they used some shady tactics, uh, because they were like, how would you like to own a Corvette? Because Navy Navy nukes, uh, certainly at the time I went in, were one of the highest paid parts of the military okay. to, to go into submarines. So, so, so they used this on me as an 18 year old, you know, kid. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, man, that sounds How really good. How would you like to glow in the dark? <laughs> 
So, you know, and, and the reality is, you know, recruiters get bonuses when they put people in the Naval Nuclear Power Program. So they don't tell you that, but that's exactly what he was trying to convince that's me hilarious. to do. And the, as many times as I said, you know, I, does that have anything to do with airplanes? They, they kept referring <laughs> me to the Nuclear Power Program. So, uh, but no, they, they don't tell you that. Uh, but they, don't, they don't say anything along the lines of like, all right, in this situation where the back of the boat gets hit or get, <laughs> has a problem, you got to move to the front of the boat, and this is the hatch. There's only one hatch. Well, no, proper there's, there's more than one hatch. I know, but I mean, like, I, I kind of wanted to understand because you know, you know they sat there when they're writing the manual or whatever, the procedures. <laughs> it's like, hey, are we ever going to say, like, you know, in the nicest way possible, hold your breath? Like, answers no. no well here's the thing. <laughs> right when you have the the okay, specialized service people like submariners or aviators you, you know there's a mindset that goes with it for someone to willingly go into a steel tube for months on end knowing that just you know one weakened bolt and you're crunched to the size of a, a bb um <laughs> you know that takes a special mindset if an aviator you know they're they're cocky jocks for a reason because they they can pull g-forces they're like trumpet players. They just the egos are, are huge. So no, <laughs> yes, I, that's why you know I know my exit procedure on a submarine would be running over the bodies of every man and woman in front <laughs> of me to to reach that that ladder, and everyone else be damned. But you know that's why I'm not on a submarine. I was just thinking about He's, that because I was like, they gotta at least say I'm honest they about say it. Something. Well, you know, and and I will tell you though, you know, it's it, uh, the truth is it's uh, a. <clears throat> In, in the bigger flick of things, it's a serious business, and we obviously pay attention uh, to the other the other militaries around the world yeah. that, that have submarines, and and certainly we paid attention to the to the Soviet Union <clears throat> or Russia. Um, you know, they're they're not our biggest threat anymore. But uh, you know, when the Kursk, I don't know if you guys remember when the Kursk sank. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the the fascinating details of that were we offered to help. We have we have rescue submarines, so we could have tried to help them, and the, and the Russians declined our help. They actually denied that it sank for a while. Um, but the funny part, I say funny, it's not funny, but the, the interesting part of it is, is if you'd have actually stood that Kursk up on end, half of that submarine would have stuck out of the water because it only sank in about 200 feet of water. And those submarines are about 400 feet long. Um, you know, but, and everybody died. And it's unfortunate, right? They Most, most of them suffocated and, and the others, you know, unfortunately were killed instantly the, the way it works with a with an explosion on a submarine uh when everything's sealed up so um you know it's serious business and we we know that when we get into it oh yeah so, of course there's, um because it's like i know the army and the when i say army i mean like the, the service they're very serious about like writing everything out and we're very disciplined yes so i'm like i wonder if they ever got to that moment it's like what do we tell these people and like well, let's just ignore it <laughs> Let's just not write anything <laughs> down, and just because they're, they're not all idiots, they're on a submarine. They know it's they know what it is. Kind of like when you get an airplane, but an airplane they at least say, "Hey, there's a parachute under your seat" or something like that. But oh, there's only one. There's five of y'all. So well, we we had in my day we had what was called stanky hoods. Okay. All right, and so if we had to do an emergency escape, uh, what you did is you went into the escape hatch. Okay, so there is an escape hatch. Yes, yeah. there, okay. there are escape hatches. I don't know anything about submarines. Everybody's so. so, loading to the torpedo tubes. You go into the escape hatch, and they you close the bottom of the escape hatch, and there may be 10 of you in there, and then they we, we would flood the escape hatch. We put this hood on, which has a limited air supply, oxygen supply in it. So we'd fill up 
the uh, escape hatch with water, and then we equalize it with sea pressure for whatever depth yeah. we're at. Then we open the upper hatch, and then these stanky hoods, we'd activate you know, the oxygen, and basically what they teach us to do is it's kind of like Santa Claus, I guess. You go ho, 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 because the air is expanding in your lungs, yeah. and in order to make sure you don't die— you just keep saying, ho, 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 because it takes you to the surface. Yeah. So you just let it go. That's so, incredible. So so that's how it actually works if we if we had to do it. No, I never had to do it. Okay. Thank God. But, well, again, see, there, there's a that's what I was looking for. I was like, you think there's got to be something where it's like, this is how you get out, guys. I'm glad there is. I'm glad. <laughs> I really am glad there is. Yes, there I, is. One day, are we going to have like the Jay Stilberg memoirs with your days in the, in the submarine service? Oh, Maybe. Maybe I, I'm sure throughout my life uh, I, I could write a book that would probably be pretty pretty good. Awesome! I'll look forward to that one. <laughs> I love a good read. But let's talk about. So yesterday was Commissioner's Court, right? Yeah, well, sure was. It was like there were topic of the day earlier. We were talking about the animal shelter. Was that addressed or? Uh, yeah, I can tell you. Um, in, in the agenda, I have it right here in front of me, and that looks way too long. Yeah, it was <laughs> it was a long Commissioner's Court yesterday. Let me tell you. Um, Are they, I, do you think maybe people trying to get ducks in a row before the elections happen? Well, I think that, you know, a lot of it was just county business and, and doing some proclamations. Um, and uh, so I, I didn't see anything necessarily getting things in order. Okay. Um, I mean, it, to me, it was just normal business, quite frankly. Um, but I had to leave. Uh, unfortunately, and at, at 1230, they were still in executive session. Wow. Um, so When they do that, is it just kind of like, oh, hey, we're going to take a quick break. You guys stay here, and then they could be like all day, and then they come back out. Executive session means they leave, right? That is correct. And they it's go and they're it's like, their closed-door session. And, and then they, they come back out. This is like mm-hmm. mid-meeting. Yeah. So this is at the very end. So the, so the way it works is at the very end, they do executive session. Oh, okay. It's on the agenda. It's at the end. Okay. And, and they put the topics they're going to discuss in, in there. Uh, in kind of generalities, because that's the reason it's an executive session. Well, sorry, like, explain to me why would they have this? You don't want to be benefit? some things you don't want to be on the record for. <laughs> no, not, not yeah, like in a bad, bad way. Bad. Well, is it because like well we're not, so this is things like discipline of employees, uh, okay. performance evaluations, okay. uh, contract negotiations. These these types of things that really can't be in the public until the end of the day right so you're not going to talk in an open court so, about the, the punishment of an employee when you're on the commissioner's court are you allowed to talk to each other outside of this so the, the, <laughs> well, no, like, we, well that's what that's so, what caused the tomac or fluff well, no, yeah, yeah, that, the way you described to me is that the only time all there's five of them right there is five mm-hmm. so all five of them get together that's the only time they can get together alone is an executive session. Legally and talk business. And talk county business. So there's no emails. There's no like, hey, press one for this, push two for that. We need to vote on this. Like, It's literally one day every other week for two hours or however long. Right. Some of the executive sessions might last 10 minutes. Some some might last two hours. So it they just can't depends talk on what to they... each other at all. About business. But if they're all, you know, if they all meet at, you know, Perry Steakhouse, they get around and talk as long as verifiable that they don't discuss business. You're not even you don't even need all five. You need three. You need a quorum. And and so how, it, how did you get anything done? It's a good question, like right? That's, I mean, that's and, and crazy. this is and this is. Uh, uh, let, let me say this. Um, you know, there there are some exceptions to if you read the Toma. It's not very long to to read it actually. And that's Texas Open Meetings Tex- Act. Texas Open okay. Meetings Act. And and there are some exceptions in there for when. 
the commissioners or the county judge can meet in a quorum or more. Um, things like uh, a charitable event that they happen to be going to, and and you know they obviously are they can't discuss county business, but uh, they can be there in in a quorum, if if you will. The truth is, they cannot like you know you said go to Perry's and have dinner. They 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 are not allowed to go to Perry's and have dinner in a quorum. If there's more than if there's three or more of them, they are not allowed to do that um, unless they actually post it as a public meeting. Oh, so even in a. Oh, no, they're they not allowed to do Because Isn't that what caused the kerfuffle with the Toma that we had two commissioners, county judge. We'll see. So, talking about road bonds. So here's you know, here's here's the thing with the Toma. Right. So there's two parts to the Toma. One is and it, the premise behind the Toma is great. Right. No, they don't want backdoor dealings mm -hmm. in how politicians do business. This is a good thing for the citizens and the voters. Um, unfortunately, it has some unintended con consequences. Um, one one is you cannot meet in a quorum other than at a posted uh, official meeting. Um, so you cannot go to dinner. But there are exceptions. Like I said, if there's a charitable organization and they're having a gala Technically, you can go, but this is why you'll see Ball even game, this is even why with the township board and stuff. If if you see other elected officials from a, another city council or something come, they will never show up in a quorum. They will always be less than a quorum. So, if there's a city council that has five people, there might be two of them that'll go to a meeting of interest, but there'll never be three because they cannot meet in a quorum even to do something like that. Um, that's ridiculous. So that's the first part. The second part is you can also not, for example, I, if I, if I were to be the County judge, I couldn't go, you know, to, uh, commissioner, um, Riley and have a discussion about something in particular about County business, just him and I, and then two days later, go have a meeting with commissioner Nowak and talk about the same thing. Because that's also a violation. Because yeah. now you're meeting in a quorum, just not at the same time, right? So, so I can tell you from my perspective of of the Texas Open Meetings Act and having read it, that I think the intent of it is really good, but unfortunately, I think it's a very very poor piece uh, of written legislation. Because quite frankly, if you have a district attorney that has uh, I don't want to use the word vendetta, but you understand yeah, what I'm saying. Feelings on a certain right. He that person, that district attorney, could go indict any elected official in this county on a violation of the Toma. I guarantee it. They'll find a way because it's it's just so broad that it almost stifles uh, elected officials and how they do their jobs because you know. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm obviously not suggesting that backdoor deals are good, but sometimes you do have to have discussions about things and sometimes you have to do compromise. Um, and, you know, uh, it, it just makes it difficult the way the law is written. I think the intent of the law is really good. I just think it needs to, to be written in a way uh, that gives people a little more freedom to do their jobs um, with, you know, I mean, obviously, we don't want backdoor deals, but at, at some point, you can't stifle it so much that you can't even open your mouth. I mean, there's elected officials that are scared to even talk to anybody outside of an official meeting because, God, I could get indicted. Yeah. Right? So, um, Well, I imagine that's the way I would see it. And, well, like on the jury I was on last week, you know, there's fear amongst some of the jurors. Like, oh, I can't say anything. Yes, look at the rules. You can go home and tell your wife, I'm on a jury. 
for this court, but you just can't go into details about who did what, when, and where. And and so our second day of meeting, they, they were just freaking out. Or can 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 we compare notes? And right. we're going to read the rules. It's, it's I, like you said, Jay. It's it's the the purpose is, is honorable. Yes. To do it, but it can lead to you know if you just have three guys at the same soccer game, that automatically being a violation of Toma when you know you need to have someone say, hey, listen. I'm going to stand on that side. So right. it could easily, if someone had an issue with it, that they could take and run with it. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I, I know politics is a little bit different at the local level as it is at the federal level. But I mean, even if you look back at the day when the lo- when, when the federal level of politics actually worked <laughs> and people actually <laughs> sat down and talked to each other and tried to negotiate and compromise, they did all those meetings with each other. Now, granted, when you're talking about, you know, the Congress, uh, the House of Representatives, they're not meeting in a quorum necessarily because there's 435 of them, right? So there's not like 218 of them are getting together. Well, um, I mean, I've been to some barbecues. But but at the end of the day, they, they, they do get together and have discussions about legislation and things that they're willing to compromise. Uh, and they don't do those, you know, in an open setting necessarily. Um, so, you know, I understand the numbers are different. Um, but you know, we got to find a good way that, that we can hash out the law to make it make sense that it meets the intent of what the law is supposed to be, but also allows, you know, elected officials to have discussions and be able to sit and negotiate, um, you know, without this fear or cloud hanging over their head that, oh my God, if I open my mouth, I'm going to get indicted here, uh, over something that, you know, you don't need to be indicted over, yeah. right? So, well, especially with your the the qual- the lifestyle of like the only time you really work is on a on a Tuesday that you're required to be there and do these things, and then outside that you kind of manage your own time. But then again, like, are you like what happens if one person goes on vacation? And well, I mean, a commissioner's he, court can meet with four people. Well, it I know, doesn't but, like, have to have it, five it people. It didn't seem as effective because you need. You're missing a voice. Yeah. Uh, in, in the equation. technically they sure. represent an area of the county, and if my guy goes on vacation for two weeks, he's going to miss a meeting, and then he doesn't represent the people. Well, and it just depends on what the agenda items are on, on no, you Jay, know, for the commissioner's he's not court agenda. Them. He's not representing them. <laughs> right. Okay? So he I, can do the <laughs> it's a golden opportunity for everyone behind to work on their own I'm personal agendas <laughs> and railroad those. No, I, I, I need to sell the iPad man, iPad robot. So you know he, he wants this, to segue with an iPad. Yeah, and then it. you just put him there, and then he can turn, you know, and have his face, and just be like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa!" You know, like that council from Are Demolition she, Man. Yeah, that'd be yeah, great. Yeah, I think go. without. <laughs> do you think they would y'all allow that? Can Can you Skype in a commissioner's court? Can you yeah, Skype, can you Skype in? it in. That's a good question. I bet one person would be upset. Right? What would one person know? Man. Ultim- ultimately, it really would turn serious. into a commissioner's court with a panel of screen, flat screens. I'm in my hot <laughs> There'd never tub. be people there. The, 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 the audience would end up doing the same thing. The audience would just have a bunch of flat screens. <laughs> yeah, right? We well, want that human contact. I, I don't think that'd be well, a good Well, I get idea. it, but there, I mean, <laughs> is there a period of the court goes, hey, we're going to take a month off? I imagine not because things are going. Yeah, you know, over the holidays, I mean, they, they adjust the schedule over the. I mean, they put the agenda, the schedule out for the commissioner's court at the beginning of the year, right? And and it's got all the meetings that are on there, and and they do move things around occasionally to accommodate holidays and things yeah. of that nature. So, you know, it's not like if it starts on, you know, 
yesterday, Tuesday, and if you go every two weeks for the next year, it's not like that's necessarily when yeah. every commissioner's court, because okay. they do adjust it. Okay. I mean, it sounds like I have no control on my job, but uh, you're listening to Lone Star Community Radio. we got to take a break. We're hanging out with Jay Stilberg. He's running for a county judge. we got some questions. Yeah. And I Good. Bought, yeah, and uh, that's going to be, uh, we're going to ask those questions. We didn't, we're, we didn't even screen them. We're just going to go for it. Good. Right, you're listening to Lone Star Community <laughs> Radio. Filtered. You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio with Maureen's Lone Star. We'll be right back. You're listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning with scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning. Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with other treats and coffee. For more information regarding store hours and delivery in downtown Conroe, Conroe Coffee is on Facebook or by telephone at 936-266-7632. We would like to thank Conroe Coffee for being a supporter of Lone Star Community Radio and our morning sponsor with Mornings with Lone Star. What is homelessness? Have you seen parents struggle to find a job without having transportation or childcare? What about the children sleeping in cars with nothing to eat? Families shouldn't have to struggle to survive and children should not be homeless. Family Promise of Montgomery County serves the needs of homeless families and their children. Learn about ways you can help and learn about partnership opportunities at www.familypromiseofmc.org or call our day center at 936-441 8778. Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app for your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That is Conroe's FM 104.5-106.1. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez president of the Woodlands Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas, on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5-106.1. Those raindrops are falling on my head and they keep falling, so I just did some talking to the sun and I said I didn't like the way he got things done he's sleeping on the job and those raindrops are falling on my head and they keep falling but there's one thing welcome back Warren's Lone Star broadcasting live talking body doubles yeah it's a real deal it's a real deal 
And uh, we are broadcasting live from downtown Conroe, Texas on Facebook Live. Check us out on Morning's Lone Star and also Lone Star Community Radio's Facebook page or Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and worldwide. Listen on our app, Lone Star Internet Radio, or IRLoneStar.com. We're sitting with Jay Silberg, who's running for county judge. And we were talking, you know, the commissioner court meeting is always uh, usually on the, every other Tuesday. And it's crazy to me that they only meet in person for a couple hours alone. Even though that sounds like, oh, they should be doing back backdoor dealings, but it's like... Yeah, and that's you- part of Jay's thing. It's TOMA, Text Open Meetings Act, means to keep back room dealings from happening. But there comes a point where... Like, yeah, that's the only way to talk to somebody. Not every meeting is going to be... Toma worthy. Do they record? Do you know if they record these executive se- uh, sessions? You know, honestly, I don't know. I it, what, don't think you should because the whole point of executive session it, it, on boards that I've been on, it's you're off the record, so you can't discuss things oh, that are because if it okay. if it's on the record, it's available for the public. Okay. And it falls well, under today's the minutes. political climate doesn't matter anymore. Well, well no, because <laughs> for instance, you know, you can have your <laughs> At all. the the chastisement or punishment of an employee, or let's say it's a bid proposal and you have publicly traded companies bidding, if you give their names and send out to the public, that's insider trading. You know, if I know that... Not in Russia. Well, yeah. <laughs> so. news, news flash, Dick, we're not in Russia. We might as well be. <laughs> Does anyone else miss the Cold War? At least we knew what was going on back then. <laughs> well, that's what I was saying. We I, we were that's talking- when being in a submarine was really fun. <laughs> oh, I oh golly. You know, that's what we were talking about, uh, electronic voting, like with your phones and stuff. And I said, well, you know, at least if you know if you're being hacked, you have you have like a trail of knowing what's actually happening instead of just kind of like the boogeyman kind of thing. Because <laughs> uh, today's world is ridiculous on, you know, it, it, I had to say I had to laugh a little bit when the big talk right now is Russia's meddling in the election. And I'm like, you realize like Twitter and Facebook are meddling in the election. If you want to say anyone's <laughs> meddling in the election, like they kind of control what people see. So... How's that not meddling in an election? Is it not? Well, when we get back to it, you know, my sense of it was when, uh, what, three companies and 13 individuals were were named uh, as the meddlers. So 13 hackers. Yeah. And I used to work for EV1. You remember everyone's internet? The I, I worked there. There were like 30 of us geeks. We actually had a break room with free video games. I mean, so this is what we're talking about. But that's when... One of them, one of the companies actually got counsel, and the counsel showed up and pled not guilty. Let's go to trial. And that, if you notice, well, at that point, I, that news was of, over. It's more of like your perspective of what is meddling, and when, when has it become meddling? When has it become just the, you know the daily life of working in that field? But if med- that makes sense. Here's well, the thing. meddling's not a crime, and technically, I know the word collusion is thrown around. It's not a crime. The, 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 there is no charge of collusion. It just became the thing. Now, of course, it's come to mean something more. But with meddling, there's no... Because could you argue like all those known pro- non-profits are meddling? Well, yeah, you can have a super PAC super on both sides. Right? Well, here... Oh, oh good. <laughs> here, here, here's what I'll say about uh, like Facebook and Twitter and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always encourage people, if you read something on there and you go, wow, this looks pretty earth-shattering... Go research it a little bit Absolutely. and make sure it's true before you start hitting share but, and but making snide comments. Like, go, don't search on Google because they're going to control what you see. 
Well, you can, I mean, I, I, you can use Google. If you know how to use Google, you can use Google, right? Yeah. You have to click on several of the things. You have to look at legitimate websites and you have to read several things. Like, like if I read something on Facebook and it, it, it's a newsworthy story, so-and-so mm-hmm. resigned or so-and-so yeah. did X, Y, or Z and somebody that people know, a, a household name. If I read that on Facebook, the first thing I do is go to all of the media sources. I go to NBC, CBS, Fox News. I look at all of them to see if they have a headline about that particular thing because I know that if if that newsworthy worthy thing I'm reading on Facebook is truly newsworthy, all the major networks will have it. Yeah, mine is to hit so, a, a wire service right off the bat. I go old school journalism where it's two independently verifiable um, sources. And, a wire, and I think I was, we were talking about this the other day. A wire service, uh, AP, UPI, or Reuters tend to, that that goes out to the NBCs and the mm-hmm. MSNBCs and the Fox Newses of the world, and they take that and run with it. So they must, for the most part, be above contestation. That's right. And, and, and let me let me put it in perspective a little bit, in my opinion. I mean, let's take the stuff you can see on Facebook, and some of it's very nasty and negative. Um, I think it's wonderful. Right? And, and, but how is that any different from a politician put a, putting a mailer out during an election yeah, that's cycle what, that's that, what that don't, does mm-hmm. the same thing? And that, right? like, I mean, we don't have a, a line drawn of like what is meddling and what, and especially people just take it as true. That's what I'm saying. It's a word just thrown around. Oh, the Russians meddled. And it's like, well, the, how? It's not, and even if they did, even if they you know, hired some people, some geeks to, to put out, boy, she smells funny, doesn't she? Well, the the thing is, is that people don't, you know, people tend to not research, right? They yeah. they read something one time and they believe it, and then they just start spreading it around, right? And and so, you know, if if people haven't realized this, and I'm sure my, anyone who pays attention to politics probably has, is that unfortunately in our day and age, and and it didn't just start in the last couple of years, is politics is not about, quite honestly, the qualifications of candidates and you know, what kind of background they have or what they stand for. Uh, politics has turned into emotions. Oh, easy. And everything is played on emotions, right? So that that's why you see the types of commercials we see, um, whether it's TV or Facebook or radio or whatever it is, because it's all about playing on people's emotions because that impacts people more than, you know, anything else. So... So that's why we see what we see, and unfortunately, people in the in the age of technology, um, you know, they 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 tend to just believe what they see and not research it to make sure it's true first. Yeah, I think it's a byproduct of kind of the instant gratification. Sure, I don't want to say but generation, also, but I, I would also argue the percentage of the people who vote aren't those people. Like the high percentage of people who actually take the time to go out and vote, and that, that's aren't the people who read the headline from Facebook and share it and say. The world's ending. Uh, well, and what we talked about earlier, Michelle Obama, and I don't care if it was Nancy Reagan, that, mm-hmm. who it was, but that a figure of power said, there's no prerequisites, just get out and vote. You don't have to know anything about, the quote is, you, you don't have to know nothing about nothing to vote. <laughs> and I'm Mr. No, you do need to know who you're voting for or why you're voting for it. I yeah, think most, da- more dangerous than, a, uh, nothing's more dangerous than an uninformed voter, in my personal opinion. No, I, I don't disagree. I mean, I always encourage people to look at the candidates, research the candidates, and I understand that it takes time. That's the unfortunate thing, and and a lot of people rely on what their friends say, right? Like, who are you going to vote for in this particular race? And well, People are afraid to say and, now. And, and, and 
<laughs> if they do answer, but the, the person asking, if they get an answer, that's what they'll go with because they're trusting the person they're asking. Yeah. You know, so we're kind of relying on that. Somebody will do research about something because it is hard sometimes to find information. You know, like I'm, I'm doing research on the, the Lone Star Groundwater Conservation District election, right? Because mm-hmm. I want to know who the candidates are for the, the areas I can vote for. And I can tell you it can be difficult to find information on, on some of them because— Well, it's a brand new election. You know, it's so. a brand new election. Not everybody's got a website or even a Facebook page. So, so how do you know? you got to find—you know, and of course, I always prefer to see people in person. Um, because you learn a lot more by seeing somebody in person than you do reading, you know, Facebook. And uh, that goes for mine too, right? I mean, I'd much rather people come talk to me in person. So, you know, I know it's difficult, but, you know, informed, informed voting is important. No, yeah. And uh, we have a question. We have a user question about voting. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, this is great. So, um, listener Daniel or listener Bert, forget this Daniel stuff. We're calling you Bert, (laughs) Bert. We know who you are. I think it was Daniel or Bert. I don't know who that is. It's Bert. (laughs) Bert, he's my man, Bert. Uh, he asked, uh, he wants us to ask you if there should be an upper age voting limit uh, because he encountered something uh, recently. He had a, a woman come in to help her 76-year-old dad vote. She was turned away, so she must have been, I'm presuming, in her 50s. Okay. There about. She was turned away because she had an illegal authority to help him vote and no ID, uh, and he couldn't even sign his name. Now, I know this is kind of a... Well, what if somebody's deaf and blind? How can they know when the ambulance is coming? Mm-hmm. You know, there, there yeah. comes a point where you just got to say well, the most normal people. I mean, you, you got to understand that there's you got to vote at one point, right? So, say we're in a county that you can do uh, mail-in voting, and I have a family. I have six adults that live in my house. Mm-hmm. Technically, I could take all those cards, forge them all, and mail them in, and no one would know the difference unless you know someone you know. Mm-hmm claimed it or yeah, something like that. So, yeah, there's always, every situation has like, an opportunity. Look, there, there, there's always an argument by somebody about you can do this, that, or the other, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we hear about election fraud and all this stuff all the time. Um, the, the reality is, you know, to answer the question very directly, uh, should there be a, an upper age limit for voting? No. I mean, we don't have an upper age limit on being an American. Mm-hmm. It's not like you reach the age of 85 and they go, well, you're done. I hope you enjoyed your time as a citizen. Um, and there are those that may say, well, you can take away your license, but, you know, but, but driving is not a, a driving right. is not a constitutional right. Okay. Voting is. And, you know, everyone uh, that's a citizen of this country has the right to vote. And quite frankly, it's your civic duty to vote. And I think it's the most powerful tool you have as a citizen of the United but States. But there's not enough people to vote to really be upset and, about this. And, you know, I can I can tell you that, yeah, obviously we encourage people to go get registered to vote and vote so we can start actually electing I mean, officials pretty, with a majority of our population. It's pretty bad, isn't it? It's terrible. So that's like ten percent, I, I, I think, is the Montgomery County average. Yeah. Well, like, in 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 midterm elections, midterm general elections, the average voter turnout in Montgomery County is about forty percent. Um, but again, you know, that's the average over the last three midterms, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but but the reality is, in general, I mean, Texas is like almost dead last, certainly, and I think the, the bottom three, if they're not dead last, of voter turnout percentages on a statewide level. You know, and and. It's because people tend to think sometimes their vote doesn't matter or something of that nature. Um, you know, we live in, in you know, a, I'll say a quote unquote red state. I always tell people we live in a non-voting state, quite frankly, um, because we don't get good voter turnout in, in the state of Texas. And, and 
people feel disenfranchised and 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 feel like they've been left behind and they're ignored and that's exactly what happened in 2016 but people finally got fed up and they went to the polls and voted um and so you know we have to encourage people to to get out there and and, and we have so many stories across the country in the last couple of years of your vote matters we can look at virginia you know the house of delegates i mean one vote turn, it turned into a coin toss right and the republican won with a with a coin toss I mean, so we shouldn't we shouldn't be getting down to coin tosses in, <laughs> in elections. Right. I, I like um, that though. We talked about you know solving issues with rock paper scissor. You know, it dis- <laughs> it, I guess it only discriminates those who don't have any hands. You have but then you can just do it like on a machine. Well, and, and 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 just to give one other quick example, if we look at Pennsylvania when Connor Lamb ran in, in that congressional seat, he won by like six hundred votes, six hundred and a handful of votes. And the truth is, there's six hundred voting precincts in his district. So it was one vote per precinct that gave him an election win. So, so again, this is just your vote does matter. And, and the way you make your, your vote matter and what encourages people to come out is choices on a ballot, which is exactly what people have this year in Montgomery County. So I, I hope that that encourages people to go, hey, I, I have choices now. There's not just one name on the ballot to vote for because a lot of people go, why even go? There's only one name. They're going to win anyway. Well, well, now there's I choices. Like that. I like that uh, thing where we're talking about Washington State, where they have the number one through ten. The blanket primary. The yeah. blanket primary. I like that idea a lot. But then again, there's not like a blind voting thing where you're always going to see that R, always going to see that D, mm-hmm. always going to see the I. And that's one thing we were talking about before you came in about, you know, why can't I just run and be a Republican because I believe in conservative values? Why do I have to have the party's blessing to run as a Republican? Well, first of all, I'll say you don't need the party's blessing well, I mean, like, it's, um, to get I, on a ballot. I mean, you you don't. You don't need anyone's permission to get on a ballot. declare yourself if on that party. Am I you, f- you fill out the paperwork and you declare yourself whatever party you're going to affiliate yourself with. Okay. And, and you go. I mean, the truth of the matter is to get yourself on a ballot with a party is you fill out the paperwork and you pay some money and you're on the ballot. As so, that. Well, like— well, I meant more the legality of it. Like, how if I say I have unlimited resources, could I just go sign up and say, "Yeah, I'm a Republican"? What do you mean? I don't understand what you're saying. Well, could I say that without anyone telling me what to do? And then when it comes down to November, I'm on the ballot and it says Republican, but now I'm not endorsed by the Republican Party because I I remember we talked about you said you can only have one per party, mm-hmm. and then you can have a limited independence, right? Oh, sure. I mean, there could okay. be, but that's how it's presented to the voter. Mm-hmm. is this guy's from Republican, this guy's from Democrat, right. and there's no way for me to be on as a Republican unless they tell me I can. Sure. Okay. I mean, you, you don't need anyone's permission, right? I mean, you know, it's nice to have their, you know, their their support, um, but you, you but, don't need it. You don't need anyone's permission to, to fill out a, a form to make yourself a candidate on a ballot, regardless of party. You don't need anyone's permission to do that. And I do remember well, for the 16 much? election, as a Republican, when Trump threw his hat in the ring, I was part of people going, wait a second, is this a Democrat with a Republican tie on? Because the, growing up in years gone by, Trump did not necessarily exhibit conservative or Republican traditional. Right. And so there, there was an actual you know, movement going, wait, this is a Democrat. He, he's a well, that's what, wacky. I mean, I wonder what, <laughs> I wonder what the world would do if. You know, say you ran as independent, but you and all your marketing and everything, you're Republican. Like, I guess they could just sue you because the public, the party could. Well, that's why I think if I if I can, kind of getting back to voting and voting, what you know about, mm-hmm. if 
those, in my opinion, who vote Republican, let's say straight ticket, even though it's not going to mean straight ticket anymore, but just, if you're Republican, I'm voting for you. Or if you're Democrat, I'm voting for you. Without knowing that can happen sooner or later, you have to know the issues where someone stands. Yes. You know, whether it's a nonpartisan race, bipartisan race, or whatever to say, what do you, but what do you, if I vote for you, what are you going to bring to the table? And if mm-hmm. they start saying things that run contrary to the platform of which under the banner he, he or she is, that's why I think it's really important to be an educated voter to know what questions to ask and to listen to the answers. That's right. And, and I'll say this too. I mean, just because you choose a party to run for, whether it's Democrat or Republican or w- whatever it is, um, that, that doesn't mean that you necessarily agree with every single platform that you know the parties yeah. stand for mm-hmm. right that that's just not how society works right i mean because you you have moderates on both sides and you have extremists on both sides and and you know of the same party and they don't necessarily agree with each other obviously we see that in montgomery county a lot um you know infighting between yeah, parties wonderful. so <laughs> so i mean the bottom line is is that you know you you have values that you believe in and you align those with whichever party you're going to align yourself with. And, and that doesn't mean you have to agree 100% with every single thing, because most people don't. That's just not how human nature works. I think it's really cool. I like this. Cool. But uh, we got to take a break. Okay. And, Jay, you stick around, right? I will. And I want to I wanna focus more on, like, the election you're running for and also talk about, uh, I know in the paper recently, the animal shelter has been kind of a, a thorn animal in the shelter. side. And other issues. Right. We have a listener wanting to know about what are the issues facing commissioner's court mm-hmm. coming up. So yeah, we'll animal sure. shelter. That's a great question. <laughs> yeah. Right? Animal it, shelter. It, Nothing <laughs> else. It's 1041, folks. <laughs> we will be right back here on Mornings Lone Star. Thanks for sticking around. Don't forget, you can write your questions for Jay on Facebook. All that good way. We'll be right back. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Conroe Coffee is a local coffee shop located in the heart of downtown Conroe at 206 North Main Street, Conroe, Texas. Conroe Coffee serves breakfast, lunch, and dinner, along with other treats and coffee. For more information regarding store hours and delivery in downtown Conroe, Conroe Coffee is on Facebook or by telephone at 936-266-7632. We would like to thank Conroe Coffee for being a supporter of Lone Star Community Radio and our morning sponsor with Mornings with Lone Star. Health Center Southeast Texas is a federally qualified health center. We accept Medicare, Medicaid, and most major private insurances. For our self-pay patients, we have a sliding scale discount program available. Our health centers have qualified providers and staff striving every day to provide the best quality of care to our patients. Services offered are family medicine, behavioral health services, telepsychiatry, and pediatrics. We have four area locations, 
Look up the Health Center Southeast Texas online at hcset.com. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at irlonestar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Hey, Montgomery County and online listeners. Thank you so very much for checking out Jazzy Fives with Soul. What? You haven't done so yet? Well, you've got to tune in. Hi, I am the host of Jazzy Fives with Soul, Miss C.C. Holmes, and I invite you to check us out every Friday and Saturday from 7 until 9 p.m., where you will get the best in old-school R&B, and of course, a little smooth jazz to make it jazzy. So tune in. That's right, tune in. Every Friday and Saturday, right here on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 FM, or worldwide at IRLongStar.com. Like the way he got things done. Is it just me, or could Cece be Eartha Kitt? She was one of the cat women. Sure. From the 60s. She can be whoever she wants to be. Because that, that was like, uh, people always talk about, you know, the first interracial kiss was uh, in Star Trek between Kirk and Uhura. And even the studio said he had to be under alien mind control for it to happen. But right hand in hand with that, we had a black villainess in Batman. Eartha Kitt was one of the three women who played Batman back in the day. Along with Lee Merriweather and Julie Newmar. Play Catwoman, you mean? Yeah, what I say? Batman. Sorry. Well, the Catwoman on Batman. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Verb. Well, oh, yeah, no, she, she had a very purry voice. Is Eartha Kitt's a singer? I don't know. Did you ever hear Santa, okay, Santa <laughs> Baby when, you know, when the radio stations start playing all nonstop yeah. and you hear Santa Baby? That's her. That's Eartha Kitt. I'm just saying. Thank you. You're welcome. I feel. Like I've learned something today. Well, speaking of learning stuff, let's talk about <laughs> issues facing the county court. We got yeah. listeners wanting to know, and I know Dick is as hot to trot about animal shelter. If you don't mind, let's give a little bit of background on it. So if, about three years ago, it was determined that the animal shelter was in trouble. There were a lot of issues, especially with those running it. Like the conditions of it. The right? conditions, the leadership of it, uh, kind of the whole vision Wait, and like, mission of it. I, mean, I, yeah. I know a little bit about this. So when you say leadership, you mean like he didn't show up to work? Or do you mean more like yeah, the, no the one's truncated cleaning. work hours, extended vacations, and then like no one's cleaning the area, right? Okay, and, and high death rate. Okay. Uh, it came to commissioner's court attention. A commissioner raised his hand and said, "I'll oversee this." And I think it ended up just biting him on the hiney hard <laughs> uh, because that's where they couldn't get a leader. They they hired someone, and like what two weeks later, he got a better job elsewhere. And it, it was falling apart, became a, a huge election issue for a commissioner's court, for, for a lot of local elections. Finally, it seemed to straighten out. and was out of, At least it was out of the news for a while, and things were looking mm-hmm. good. But then a kind of a shock report in the Courier happened of last week to where the director of the animal shelter uh, and I believe his lieutenant, his, his number two, there was an issue where s- some lady was—, was rescuing or hoarding animals however you want to phrase it there were like 80 they they placed like seven of these 80 some odd animals and then killed the other 77 and where it could actually be in violation of the law and so now it's back in the spotlight again and a lot of people are oh god 
you know, here we go again. Yeah. I'll stop at that point. Jay, pick it up. Yeah. So, you know, the animal shelter is, is the animal shelter has been around a long time just to expand a little bit more. I mean, uh, you know, way back in the early 2000s, I mean, it's been around for a long time, right? But I mean, even back in the early 2000s, it was run by the constable that uh, uh, was in Precinct 3. It was the Precinct 3, three constable that ran it at the time. And, uh, you know, ultimately they decided, and the county was in control of the animal shelter. And then in, in 2011, they decided to privatize the animal shelter. And it was actually that particular uh, constable and his wife that started a company, and that's who got awarded the contract uh, to actually take care of the animal shelter. And they, they took care of it until um, in late 2015, the commissioner's court had a vote to cancel the contract. Their contract ran through you know mid-2016, uh, and that's when it went back to county control from private control. And... Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that went, <clears throat> excuse me, went on there. I mean, the reality is, you know, in, in, in the in the early 2000s, the euthanasia rate at the animal shelter was in the mid 80s, 80, you know, 86 percent of the animals that went in there were euthanized. And so they wanted to change that, which is why all this stuff came about with having, you know, getting management in place and actually turning it into an animal shelter where they cared for pets and tried to adopt pets out and that and that type of thing. So, you know, when, uh, when they decided to go back to the county that controlled it, you know, they certainly went through some iterations for directors as, as I think it was four directors as we were talking about. Yeah. There was one that literally took the job in a week and a week later or something. Yeah, it was he resigned. <laughs> um, so, you it know, happens. that happens, right? It, it does. I mean, you know, Hey, it, things do happen, but, um, at the end of the day, um, you know, the unfortunate part of it right now is, and I don't know the, the facts of this case, right? I, I don't. I, I, well, it's not over yet. It's or, not. It's, it's being investigated right yeah. now. The allegations are that uh, the paperwork was forged because in order to euthanize an animal, it has to be um, um, looked over by a veterinarian. The veterinarian has to sign off on the paperwork. And, you know, allegedly what it, what's being put up here is that somebody forged the veterinarian's name on these documents before these animals were euthanized. That, that is what has come out about this. And that's why it's being investigated. And that's why the, you know, the director and the assistant director have been um, suspended with pay while it's being investigated. Um, so so that, that is what happened. And it's really unfortunate that something like this happens because, again, it's, it's this animal shelter, the you know, problems that just for some reason continually just don't go away. Um, and, again, we'll have to see how this whole thing plays out, right? I, I'm, I'm somebody who's all for let the law do its job. Due and, process. And due process. There and, we go. And, you know, people are, people are innocent until they're proven guilty, and let's let the facts show what the facts show. And if people did something wrong, then they need to be accountable for that. Uh, but let's not prejudge it before the, all the facts are in, um, because they've actually, <clears throat> excuse me, they've actually done some really good things, right? And I mean, they've they've gotten the live release rate to over ninety percent yeah. in the animal shelter. So, I, what does I, that mean? Live release rate. So that means that when they bring animals in now, because they the, the animal shelter actually got a designation as a no kill shelter, but. The truth of the matter is a, a no-kill shelter doesn't mean that there are no animals that get euthanized at that shelter. It's all about percentages, live release rate, which means, you know, if, if 90% or higher of the animals you bring in go back out alive, either adoptions or fosters or to other animal shelters, 
then that's your live release rate. So in this case, you know, in 2017, the live release rates was about 92.5% in the Montgomery County Animal Shelter. So, so you know, they've worked very hard with with the resources that they have. That's staggering because right? originally it was like literally a 20% survival yes. rate. If you, I mean, like I said, 80, you know, in, in 2006, 85% of the animals that went in there were euthanized. 85%. So that was a 15% live release rate if, if, if you do some, which may not have been necessarily true, but you know, because you got to deal with things like diseases and stuff like that. And that's why animals get euthanized when they come into the shelter potentially. I mean, if they have a disease that can't be cured or whatever. So just so, so I understand the process of the animal shelters have been around for a while here in the Montgomery County. So mm-hmm. I'm driving along the road and I see a dog and I, and I call animal control. Mm-hmm. Is that them? Yeah, so well, animal control. I mean, it's under one umbrella, right? So yeah. animal control, which is kind of the law enforcement for animals, right? Okay. So, so under the animal shelter, the the director he actually does have the animal control officers under his umbrella, right? So, but but they're the ones that can come out. They're the ones yeah, they that pick up the puppy, and they take the puppy to the animal shelter. That's correct, and it'll and go then, through an intake process, and then they right, say, where they hey, evaluate it. And, and they need to, well, I'm sure the first thing they'll probably do is look for a microchip yeah, or something yeah, and see if somebody chip. owns it. Um, but if they, if it doesn't, then they'll do an intake process and they'll have an, the, the animal will have an evaluation uh, by the veterinarians and they'll see if there's any injuries or what condition the animal's in. And, you know, if it is happen, does happen to be sick or have heartworms or things of that nature, they do have quarantines at, at the animal shelter so they can try to get animals healthy. So, you know, just because necessarily an animal is sick doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be euthanized right away. Um, but if it has a disease or, or something that's contagious and it's something that, you know, is life-threatening to the other animals that are in there, um, those are the types of situations where you get into, you know, but, you may have to euthanize it. It's, it's the right thing to do. But so, but that puppy, there's a 90% chance today. That they'll... That it'll, Leave on all four legs. It'll it'll okay. be adopted or because okay. like I, I've been thinking about this because I've been around the county for you know five six years, and you don't have to answer these questions because they're I mean I would call them like I guess loaded questions, <laughs> but uh, Montgomery County uh, Commissioner's Court they've been in charge of this, and it's been such a weird political tool I've seen mm-hmm. in the paper and then especially placing blame because I immediately think when I saw that article or the report being that that guy. You know, apparently forged, uh, whatever, a problem came up. And, like, to me, I kind of put the blame on the court, the commissioner's court, because this is a constant thorn. It seems like a thorn in the side of the court where, like, they can't get a right person. They can't do a solution. This is something that, like, there's got to be a good example of another animal shelter somewhere in the United States that's doing a good job. Why can't we do what they're doing? Yeah, so, well, again, the first thing I'm going to say is, uh, you know, I don't like to prejudge whether somebody's guilty or innocent, right? So I know it's in the news, you know, as this story, and it's being investigated. But at the end of the day, let's wait and see what the facts okay. are to say well, it's really new, a problem or the not, new right? Problem or the new... But but I can tell you that, uh, in general, uh, especially here in the county, I mean, everything gets politicized. Yeah. And it, it doesn't need to. Um, you know, certain things require politicization. Uh, that, that was a terrible way to say that, wasn't it? I'll, I'll, I'll well, take like, it. <laughs> well, to give you an idea, like my mind, but, like before you told me the ninety percent, my mind is like, when do you just cut your losses? When, because I mean, at some points in life, there's a point where you, you got to consider cutting your losses with, you know, whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. But when you tell me it's ninety percent success, 
that that is something that you politicize in a good way. You're mm-hmm. saying this is needed because we're effective. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm really glad you said that today because going into when I was going to ask you these questions, I was like, I think we, it's almost like you just say, hey, let's get rid of this thing because we clearly can't do a good job. Well, <laughs> it is also but part of partly working with animal control because as even Bird points out, I, I went to the pound one time looking for puppies and then I stopped. I was like, by the way, I have a raccoon in my attic. Bird's a listener, by the way. Yeah. But, no, no, but, but you don't know where Bird is. No. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but that's when I found out because they were right there going, well, here, here's who you can contact to get the uh, raccoon out of your attic. So if you see roadkill or something, you also call animal control. They're the, they're the brave, strong, stomached, <laughs> stomached men and women who, who, who do that. Well, it's like, but going on the, the subject, especially in the, in the paper, people love to talk about the hot topics. Mm-hmm. But to me, like, I can't believe no one, I can't believe I haven't seen anything about the 90% success rate. Is that because I just don't read enough, or is that just... That could just have been bad marketing. I, I, I think what you're getting with, with the shelter, and I know we're running out of time, but it seems to be like in almost every situation in life, it's what I call a bugaboo. Oh, yeah, we do if, have to get off the air. If I'm, a, if I'm in a musical, there's always one song that just you can't play right, or you, there's one line that you always draw a blank on. I call it a bugaboo. You know, one hour of the day that just always sucks. I think the shelter is the bugaboo right now for the county, and hopefully this will turn around. I agree with Jay wholeheartedly seeing what happens as a result of this investigation because it, it went from a 20% to a 90% survival rate. How can we keep that going? I, I say I want to go to the shelter after I get off the air now and just look at these guys <laughs> and have my heart torn apart. Well, Jay, thank you so much for coming in. Absolutely. And I look forward to having you. You're going to be in again. Uh, so, folks, if you want to have more questions, just reach out to us. We'll start making a list. And, and I'd like to get that uh, that last question again the next time we come back because I know the animal shelter is important, but we have other things that are the issues in the county that we need to focus yeah, on so in the, in the broader the spectrum of things. What are the issues facing Commissioner's Court right now? Well, there you go. That's that's the do your homework. That's people. the tease, and then we'll ask Jay that question starting when he gets in here. So. Register, <laughs> register to vote. Go to Kroger's. Yeah. Go to the post office. Get your voter registration out of the way. Election Central. And uh, you can find more information on Jay at jsittleberg.com. And that's S-T-I-T-T-L-E-B-U-R-G.com. Thanks for tuning in to Lone Star Community Radio. Mornings of Lone Star. We will be back tomorrow. Did you know we're going to be here tomorrow? I do now. <laughs> yeah? You know, you didn't know we're going to be here tomorrow? I knew we were going to be here tomorrow. Who's our, who are our guests tomorrow? I can't. It's Lindsay Ann Anderson Lehman. I know that's a great name. Uh, she's with Taylor Teacher LLC. So tailored teacher LLC. So she'll be in the studio tomorrow around 945. So look forward to that. Thank you for tuning in, folks. Don't forget we podcast every episode on iTunes, Google Play, and we also put it on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel, Warren's Lone Star. Today's show is brought to you by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning, Conroe Coffee, and Jay Stittleberg for County Judge. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm never gonna stop the rain by complaining. Because I'm